proud to say we have Louise Ironside with us, uh, one of Scotland's foremost screenwriters at the moment. Um, so Louise has written uh, for many shows that I'm sure you will, all, you will have all seen at some point, uh, including River City, uh, Waterloo Road, the Lip Service, if people remember that a few years ago, um, also a very high profile show called Midwife, um, Law and Order UK version and a few others including The Tunnel which is a, a really high end show uh, on Sky isn't it? Yeah. yeah, which is the kind of um, British adaptation of the Scandinavian the bridge, show, The yeah. Bridge, yeah, um, and numerous other things, various other projects in the pipeline which we'll discuss as we go along. So um, I wanted to say if anyone wants to ask a question at any point just raise your hand and I'll try and catch you in my eye line because uh, it's very informal so uh, we do encourage people to ask as we, as we go along in case you forget at the end or you get too shy and there's other secure <laughs> questions or whatever. So um, we're, we're going to basically go through Louise's career kind of chronologically and hopefully uh, get some insight into what it takes to be a writer uh, and a successful writer. Um, I should also say uh, Louise won a big prize last year uh, for, from the Writers Guild of Great oh. Britain for one of your River City episodes yeah. which, which was like amazing on several levels because it's kind of a regional show competing against network shows for one thing and also I guess getting an award from your all your peers must be the ultimate accolade it was, really. It was, I felt like Andy Murray winning. <laughs> it was amazing. Did you do the tears as well? I did the tears. Yeah. I did. I strained some of the cat on my hand. I did this. And my husband was sitting up the back. Yeah. I, did, I, did, I did the complete, like, yeah. Oscar acceptance speech, everything. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. Woman. Everything. And Alex Salmon tries to sneak in with a salt side as well, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, Elise. So uh, let's 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 start at the start. Let's begin at the beginning. So initially, you had absolutely like like some writers, not all, but like some writers, you had absolutely no intention of ever being a writer, um, and that's an interesting thing in itself, which we'll discuss uh, as yeah. we go along. But um, but your first thing really was was acting, wasn't it? You yeah. you came yeah. to Glasgow to the, to the RSA and as it was called yeah. then to study acting. That's right. Yeah. Um, I think I've said before it things when I'm talking. It, the thing that always interested me was people, so I was always interested in people. I'm really nosy and never tired of hearing people's stories. And I'm a taxi driver's dream. I just sit up and go, what? And then what happened? Oh, and um, so I love that. So all the jobs I thought about doing were all like people sort of jobs, oh, maybe journalism, but I thought it would be too chicken to go and harass people. or uh, I wanted to be a doctor because I, I was interested in all the diseases that people got, and then I discovered grade chemistry and that wiped out that career ambition fairly quickly so loads of kind of history you know all those sort of things but so somehow I ended up going for acting which was again was about people mm -hmm. in a way it never occurred to me to think about writing it just I don't know it just wasn't the world that yeah. I, I came from people didn't become yeah I, I guess I mean in school I, in the past, you know, you wouldn't be encouraged to that. You probably wouldn't be encouraged to do <laughs> I wasn't acting encouraged in to do some ways because <laughs> out with the odd school yeah. drama production, it was no. it was never really thought of as a, a potential career. No, I kind of defied. So how did how did you manage to sort of buck the kind I don't of know. I didn't thing and be brave enough to apply you know for? No, I did. I pretended that I was wanted to be a puppeteer, and I don't know why I thought that <laughs> would make things more acceptable. I don't know why. But I decided, I didn't do brilliantly in my hires at school, 
and um, I decided I was going to go to drama college and I couldn't, again it was one of those things, you're not going to say I want to, I'm going to be an actor, mm. it was just, no. Mm. Uh, so I said I was going to be a puppeteer and I applied to RSAMD to do the BA which was a brand new mm-hmm. course back twenty million years ago, I'm aging mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. I was very young when I applied, very young and um, I got in. And it was strange because I don't even think my drama teacher knew that I was applying. It was one of these, I didn't do drama at school or anything. I was in a couple of the shows and I kind of did the, the audition speeches in my bedroom and I did Le- Lady Macbeth. Can you imagine? I was like only just 17. Out, out, out. And they must have been, they must have been pissing themselves laughing at me. They, mu- they must have just thought it was hilarious. And so maybe I just got in on sheer audacity that I did it. So that kind of which is a bit of a theme, actually, probably. Um, so I did that, great. And, um, and during your kind of time, were you still looking at acting as the goal, or did you discover yeah, then well, well, like the art of writing a bit? Or I was looking at acting as the goal. I did enjoy, I'd always enjoyed writing stories and things like that, but I never thought, I, thought, I don't have anything really to write about, and it's just not something that I'm probably gonna do. But I had a typewriter, an old, a real old-fashioned kind of typewriter. And in second year at Drama College, um, back in the day, RSAMD used to have uh, a slot at the Fringe, the festival, mm-hmm. in the Harry Younger Hall on the High Street. I don't know if they still, I don't know if anyone knows if they still. Yeah, I don't know what. They, they do? Yeah, yeah. Wow. I'm really pleased to hear that. Okay, so they do. So, me and a bunch of friends, we, somebody said, oh, we're, we're going to do a show, yeah, fine. They said, we're going to devise it, yeah, fine. They said, right, we need to write it up. And I said, well, I've got a typewriter. And that was the very first thing that I wrote. And it was a kind of a slide into it. And it was a safe enough environment in that I was able to say, oh, it's only because I've got the typewriter. It wasn't like, oh, this is my, you know. It was something that we'd all sort of devised together. And so it was a very low key way into putting something on in in public. So that was the very first thing that I wrote, and an amazing number, considering it's a Harry Younger Hall, an amazing number of people saw it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't say that it was on my mate's lines that I'd just been, they'd been like improvising, and I'd been like, oh, yeah, I'll have that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So a lot of people saw it, and the first few jobs that I got after college, this happened in the second year, so I had another year, were all to do with that one wee show that went on, and it was a 10 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. show for a week in the Harry Younger Hall. But either the people who were in it, or we got a guy came in and helped us with um, some directing, um, Andy Cannon from Theatre Workshop. He gave me a job after that. So it kind of, from one little tiny, half-hearted, not very confident, not very deliberate start, uh, the sort of the seeds were sown for, for other jobs mm-hmm. further down the line. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, no, there's two important things there because, like, one thing leads to another. So, so the best well a plan doesn't always get there. So, and I think the other thing that you kind of said, for for whatever reason, however you end up doing it, it's important to actually put something down and put it out there, even though you were hiding behind the fact that you were the typewriter. Definitely, definitely. I mean, that, it wasn't really until I was sitting actually on the train on the way through here thinking about this was my career that I got set, went right back to that job and thought right that was actually the point and I enjoyed doing it and I seemed to be able to do it but I was still I was in the show I was more concerned with what I was naming and doing all that stuff 
than actually what I was writing. But it was, it was enough of a kind of a step into the world. But at the same time, it didn't feel, and this is another theme through my career, it didn't feel like it was all my great masterpiece. I didn't feel I was putting myself on the line. Now, loads of writers come at it from a different way and are more than delighted to put themselves on the line from the start, right? but I wasn't. So yeah. that was the kind of the, this is the kind of the, uh, the introvert's way mm -hmm. into writing, if you like. Someone else could tell you the more, yeah. you know, upfront, confident. Mind you, if you're that upfront, confident person, you probably don't need to be told you'll be doing it. <laughs> so um, I, can't, I can't recommend that yeah. highly enough. I, I can't talk about film because I've never worked in film, but I'm sure a few of you kind of mm. got that. I, I'm sure the same kind of thing applies for making short films and, yeah. and stuff like that. Those people that you work with mm -hmm. often further down the line. Well, you, you get your confidence up, but also you're making really crucial contacts. Because one of them will be a buddy commissioner at some point, yes. won't they? We <laughs> will. This, oh God, so be nice to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Be honestly, honestly, just smile. Yeah. Because yeah. you'll meet them again. Indeed. Um, so then, like after like leaving college and doing, I mean, mm. you you were still acting, you were still doing theatre, yeah. but did you find yourself? kind of involved in rewriting or, or maybe yeah. improvising things. Thanks, that, that's yeah. exactly what happened. It was the 90s, everyone was like dancing theatre, we were all the dole, we did get dole money and things in those days to you know, hang about. And, yeah. and, and it was a great, thank you Maggie Thatcher etc, you know it was a great kind of mm -hmm. um, training ground, we were doing profit share theatre, um, I was, did work at Theatre Workshop and my first acting job was my my first paid acting job was my first paid writing job as well because I was working on shows that were were devised yeah. theatre so I worked with as I said theatre workshop I worked with um, a brilliant director called John Mitchell who ran Oxygen House which was a lunchtime theatre mm -hmm. company and I worked with him I ended up working with him for for mm -hmm. years so again those people right back at the, the start yeah. were uh, were really important. Yeah. So, um, ignore all that. Uh, did you did you get encouragement from like directors like him and and others to then consider that you know the writing was actually a thing? It was a serious yeah. thing, that, and you are a writer. You can still be an actor, but you are a writer yes. now as well. Yeah. For, well, what happened was for, so I, for a long time, everything I wrote was like devised and quite sort of big pieces. And it's funny because the writing I was doing then is actually very similar to the writing for writing for TV series and things, it was it wasn't again going away and writing your epic in your mm -hmm. in your attic. It was working with a big bunch of actors and some of them might be professionals, some of them might be amateurs, some of them might be a theme that you were given, it might be you know, and you were kind of building mm -hmm. a play, yeah. if you like. Yeah. Which in a lot of ways is like sometimes building building an episode mm -hmm. of, of something and using other people's ideas and other ca you know characters that kind of come to you and aren't necessarily of your own um, invention. So there was that, so that there was a lot of that that I was doing and I kind of got known for doing that. And then, because I got known for doing that, I got, um, I got involved with the Traverse, which in my opinion was like, oh, that's proper writing. Mm. Now that's proper. And at the time it was all, um, I was invited to join the Traverse Writers Group, which at the time was Zinni Harris, uh, David Gregg, David Harrower, you know, it was like, it yeah. was like, I was like, oh. yeah. 
Do you say, I can't, I'm an actor? I'm a puppeteer. I'm a puppeteer. Look at my puppets. I never, do you know, I did actually have to, when I was acting, I did have to do a bloody show at the Travis with puppets and I was rubbish. So now, I think it's really good that I didn't go into puppetry. So, and at that point, I think I actually got a commission from the Travers. Yeah. And then I proceeded for the next five years not to write that play. I just, I was like, oh my God, blank, blank piece of... Why was that? You know, Why was that? Was it that? was, do what you like. Right. Give us your, you yeah. know, your take on the world. I don't, I don't really have, I do now, but certainly back then I didn't think I did. I didn't, I always sort of felt, I'm a sort of, depends on the type of person you are. I'm the sort of person, I need to do something, I really need to know what I'm doing. I'm not a blagger. So I want to know that I know everything on a given subject before I even, yeah. which in one way is good and in some ways it's just rubbish because you never, you never really do anything. So in my opinion, I thought, I was young then, I thought I'm too young, I don't have great life experience and what would I, you know, what would I write about? And it became really awful because for the first two years I was writing as I was writer in residence at the Travers. Mm -hmm. So I was in and out all day. I was like, I'm busy being writer in residence. <laughs> then for three years I couldn't even go in for a drink in the bar. Which yeah. was pretty bad because I was still writing, working as an actress <laughs> and I was like, I do not, I let's, no, let's not meet the Travers, they'll ask me where the play is. But then what happened was Philip Howard, bless him, who was there at the time, rang the play out of me. And again, this is about people being really supportive and I have been absolutely blessed with people who were really super supportive. Find them, seek those people out because they're they're worth the weight in gold. Philip, again, he, he basically the play that I wrote, it was divided into spring, summer, autumn and winter and it was so pathetic he was like, right, send me spring. <laughs> Six months. Oh my god. Spring summer. So eventually Two years after that, uh, I, I sent him the script, and then Philip left, because uh -huh. <laughs> it had taken so bloody long. Yeah. <laughs> he loved it. And then I did something really stupid, which again, don't do this. The next director came along, and he just never got in touch. So I was like, oh, that clearly hates it. Hates it, hates the play. So I still didn't go into the Travers for about another two years. <laughs> and I just thought, well, they, you know, they, they yeah. just let, let it go. I was busy with that. Sorry, my contact lens is, is roving about. It's oh. kind of blinking. Funny. That's what it is. I might just put that out in a minute. Um, so that kind of, that was a really stupid thing. Pick up the phone. Talk to it. Again, you know, why did I not do that? Anyway, it worked out all right, because that play never ever got put on, but I've had loads of work out of it, because I, I eventually had to use it as a spec script. And yeah. I've got just about every piece of work yeah. that I've ever had since out of that play. But I didn't know that at the time. I was just like, oh, how embarrassing. They yeah. really hate my play and they're <laughs> I'll just forget about that. And yeah. Because I was busy doing other things, I didn't mm -hmm. kind of... I took the advice, send something off and then forget about it too literally. <laughs> don't, don't do that. So... Um, I mean, you make... It, I, I think there's quite a few important points there because, um, you know, it is important to... To chase people, not be not be frightened. I mean, there's obviously a balance that you don't want to hound people every day. Them, yeah. But and then obviously, in, now we 
there's the year of social media and, and emails and all that as well. Like it's 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 easier, but would just to sidestep from it, would you still advocate phoning people up and just trying to talk to them and things? Or I would advocate it. I probably wouldn't do it myself. Right. Okay. I find I still yeah. find that element of it. <laughs> <laughs> really difficult yeah. but you should yes mm -hmm. I mean I think so definitely I think this whole business is about communications yeah. it's all about contacts communications we'll maybe talk about the networking mm -hmm. later but um, it's, um, I, it's well let's can we just yeah. talk about that just yeah. now because right, networking I, that makes me just go <laughs> shut up but actually I think you've got to look at it not in that I'd been networked at once, and it was the strangest thing. I was with a producer in a bar after a sort of an industry event, and somebody came up and did the full elevator pitch. And I was just like, oh, it looks like having a hairdryer in your face or something. <laughs> it wasn't me, it was the, the person I was with. And then they went away, and I went, oh my god, that was absolutely fucking awful. And he went, that was great, I'm going to take down her name. So how yeah. do I know, right? People. You know, different strokes for different mm -hmm. folks. So that can work, and I'm sure she got lots of yeah. work out of it. I couldn't do that. But what I have done is shamelessly exploited the people that I've met and worked with mm -hmm. as peers and things mm -hmm. on the way along. And the, the, the people that I've worked with on my first job, I still work with today, the people that I worked with, every sort of job has come because somebody has recommended me mm -hmm. or something from that job. So. From that point of view, if you call that networking, I'm a massive networker. But yeah. uh, I think some people are good at it. Some people can do uh, pressing the flesh without being smarmy. Um, and, and if you can, that's great. But don't neglect either just, even just like groups like this, and people that you meet, and people that you work with, or, and um, make it events and things that are at the same level as you. I've, I've always found that easier. I could mm -hmm. deal with people that were, were at the same sort of career point mm -hmm. as me. And then they invariably get promoted. Yeah. Hang on to them <laughs> and go up with yeah. them. So that's the kind of crap way of networking. Well, it's, I suppose it's, yeah, it's a bit like you say, it's communication. It's, communication. it's keeping in contact with people. And keeping in contact. Not, and not making it obvious that you're trying to use them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 That's the key. Um, just make some friends. Try yeah. and make some friends. Yeah. Yeah. I know, because writers do have to get out of the room sometimes. They do. Don't they? Yeah. They do. It's quite it's hard. Good, but it is hard. Fresh air. Um, so, let's, so let's go back to your early stuff. Yes. So that you didn't use the Traverse script, but it did come in handy in the future. Later, but, but, yeah. but what happened during that period? You're well, obviously still acting, I guess. I was still acting at that point. Um, um, doing quite, you know, working quite, um, quite regularly. Mm -hmm. I was, uh, it, was, it was good. Um, apart from on telly, I was rubbish on telly. I was really, but that's important because mm -hmm. I was really, I was in Brookside, and I really didn't enjoy that. I really find I was <coughs> really, um, I just really rubbish on telly. I just really wouldn't. It was absolutely fine on stage, fine on radio. Got me in front of the camera, Ma. <laughs> awful, awful, awful. So I'm thinking, oh crikey, I'm not. I'm really not going to be able to work on telly, but. Um, I did, oh yeah, but that was important because then that made me think I don't like telly, mm. and telly's not a world that I. Not that they were they were nice. They were everyone was perfectly nice. It wasn't like a, a horrific rocking in your bedroom experience or anything. I just thought, no, that's not for that's not for me. So, 
But that was quite important because then I didn't make any efforts at all when I started writing series to get into TV. I just thought, no, that's not mm -hmm. a bag. But what happened when I was at the Travers was I got approached again, supportive person. Um, Philip, I think, made me go on, um, the, the Travers were hosting a radio workshop, a big fan of workshops, if you can go, bring yourself to go on them. Um, again, if you're, if you're a, an upfront, confident kind of person, you'll be doing that anyway. If you're not, force yourself, because again, you, you, you meet people and the more you put stuff out there, the easier it becomes to put stuff out there. If you've only yeah. got one script or one poem or one whatever it is, you know, film script or whatever it is, it becomes really precious and kind of... But if you're in a situation where you're just having to churn stuff out for a bit or read something that's only taken three minutes to, to write while everyone's been writing in the corner of the room, and you have, it takes the fear, it really, really takes the fear off. I'm probably I'm preaching to the, the converted, but... No, but it's important to say, though. It yeah. really is. It, it was really important. So, um, so I, I was invited to go. They made me, as part of my writer in residence, go on this radio workshop with David Ian Neville, who's a BBC Scotland drama producer. And I don't want to go on a workshop. I don't want to go. And out of that workshop, I did it for a week. And actually, it was, it was terrifying because it involved the dreaded pitching. Which, uh, um, but it, it was brilliant, and out of that I got my first radio play commission. So that was, and so that... Was that, what, was that specifically aimed at new writers? To it was aimed at new writers, yeah, and it was yeah. aimed at writers working in other mm -hmm. Meetings, media. Yeah, yeah. So there, was, um, there were novelists doing yeah. it, there were poets, there were yeah. people, um, and a couple of playwrights. So again, and it's, it's quite interesting how things cross over, isn't it? As you can think, yeah. oh, I want to do screenwriting or whatever, but there's no other kind of writing that's a waste of time yeah. <laughs> from yeah. that. You know, it all, it all feeds in. Mm -hmm. So that, um, what was I saying? So yeah, so I did that, and that was my first radio play. And again, that suited me mentally because it didn't feel as exposing as the theatre, which is bizarre because it's got a bigger yeah. audience, but they're not right there. Yeah. You know, it was... It, you were able just to think, and it probably did happen, that it just went out and nobody heard it. Maybe it did, nobody heard it. But that, mm -hmm. so that then started radio writing, mm -hmm. which was, again, not something that I would have particularly sought out, but because I was supported <coughs> and encouraged and attended a workshop, it, it, came from, it came from there. So you're, you're not getting a sense of a very master, of a masterful career plan because there, there kind of wasn't one. I think was there was though because you, you were still trying to avoid writing at this point. And that was the <laughs> kind of yeah, yeah. There was avoidance, yeah. general avoidance strategy. Yeah. So that was the so now yeah. I was I was avoiding writing for theatre and I, I was enjoying writing for radio, yeah. um, and I was still I was still acting mm -hmm. at, at that point as well. Um, yeah. And when you start when you, so when you got a break in radio, then did you think to yourself that this could maybe lead to TV, or did, was anyone else no. saying that to you, or were you, no. or were you just simply in that moment of no, trying to I get was, your head around writing for radio? I was just absolutely happy to be writing for radio. I don't know, has anybody written for radio, <clears throat> written radio drama? Has anyone listened to it, just yeah. out of interest? Yeah. 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 It's, it's good. Yeah. It's lovely. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, it's a great medium, lovely. and there are opportunities there, just in case people yes, just think it's really all about is. film and TV. It you know? is really, really worth yeah. uh, looking 
listening, I mean, Radio 4 alone puts out, I mean, yeah. 365 days a year, yeah. one hour dramas, and there's other yeah. stuff on other networks, you can listen to it and um, see, what you th- see what you think, and if you, if you listen to something and you, you like, the, the ra- you can read, the other thing is, uh, you, I'm sure you're aware, you can read all sort of radio scripts and things, on yeah, that, yeah, all mean, that yeah, stuff yeah, is, yeah. is out there, yeah. so... And the, the writers, oh, and sorry, things like yeah, that. Yeah, and you're yeah, loads of, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's, yeah. there's so much stuff yeah, now that you can yeah. access, it's almost yeah. too much. But um, so, if anyone's interested in doing that and looking at yeah. layout and things, if you hear the name of a producer, yeah. listen to a couple, hear the same producer's name coming up. Yeah. There's producers working out of Scotland, um, you know, you might like the style, you can get in touch with them, yeah. send them, you know, target what you're. Yeah. You're sending out. If you can get in touch with someone, if that's someone you want to do, go look. Yeah. I really like that. Hey, would you? Could you meet for ten minutes? Or you know, here. Could you mind if I send you? Here's my stuff. <laughs> Give me a job. <laughs> so um, that's uh, yeah. So radio. I loved radio. I loved radio because it was. I'm not saying it's not like telly. I am saying it's not like telly. It was really. <laughs> Uh, inclusive and nice, and uh, mm. you and the just you and the producer yeah. working together, just the two of you until you get in, and then you're allowed to go and watch it being recorded. And they say, do you mind if we cut that line there? You go, <laughs> and stroke your chin, telling it, yeah. <laughs> or you never get near yeah. it. You know, it's much more of a, a process. But it was a yeah. lovely. It certainly used to be. I think it. I no, think I think it's still is. Yeah. A nice, um, a nice, a nice way to. And so exciting! Oh my yeah. god! I, the first time, the first radio play that I wrote was called "John Glenn Stole My Spacesuit," and it was about the, the women who went up and the um, who, who were training at the same time as the Mercury Seven, mm-hmm. and um, didn't get to go into space, but went through all the, uh, the training and everything. And this, I write, and I was an actor, so I should have known. I know about the magic of acting, but the thrill of seeing that I typed this, I've written this. John Glenn's speech. I hadn't actually written it, I copied it because he did actually say the speech. So mm-hmm. It was an easy bit, that bit. Uh, wrote the speech, and then this actor just stood up and read it. I was like, oh my God, it sounds exactly like John Glenn. That's amazing. <laughs> just like the magic yeah. that you can get yeah. in, a, in a radio studio is, mm-hmm. is brilliant. So that's yeah. a new direction into radio. Yeah. If anyone's interested in that at all, yeah. um, look into it because it's a, it's a really satisfying yeah. uh, process. Yeah. Brilliant. It's also important to, just as a trivia thing in the back of your mind, if you are considering, a lot of actors are with, a lot of high profile actors uh, yes, yes, are willing yes. to do it because a they do like the medium, but yeah. b they can turn up in anything and they don't have to learn the lines, no yeah, makeup, really. and and actually you'll be surprised at the amount of high profile actors that will do it. Oh. thing and that's a good thing to think in your head if you're just right until in fact until know. very recently Benedict Cumberbatch yeah. was still doing. It's sort of a comedy radio thing on yeah. on radio. I can't remember what it's called, but Cabin yeah. Pressure, Cabin yeah. Pressure on on Radio Four. You know? <coughs> so yeah, and it's quick to record for them, so they can just take a few days out and, and do it. So so yes. So anyway, radio. so your radio days then. Uh, so did 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 come a point where you thought you woke up one day and thought actually I think I'm a writer. Uh, By I'm not then, an actor anymore, uh, or were you still both? No, I was. I was still both. And then the thing that really uh, what changed it? I think yes. I began to get more and more radio work, mm-hmm. and that changed it. And I also I had a baby, and because I was rubbish with telly, all my 
uh, acting work was, was theatre work. Radio work was fine to do, but I was away on tour and things, and it just wasn't. Mm. It wasn't. It wasn't going to fly particularly. Yeah. I mean, you can obviously you can make anything work. I probably wasn't committed to making it work. If I had been, mm. I would have made it work. But I think by that point, I was thinking actually, I'm enjoying the writing more. So mm. I kind of got sidetracked. Yeah, I kind of just went. And it's funny because if you'd asked me when I was an actor, mm -hmm. if I'd ever pack in acting, I would have thought never in a million years. Mm -hmm. I thought no, because yeah, I think you always are, aren't you? Kind of. But never say never. Yeah. Might go back at some point. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that was that was kind of what. what I, think, happened. I think we should mention at this stage. You know the first leg of a journey mm -hmm. that uh, that you, that you can talk mm -hmm. more detail about because it's quite important. Um, that. You're, but so you've done a few radio plays, you're quite successful, so the automatic thing is to try and get an agent. Mm -hmm. So t tell us about your early experiences and attempts at that. It didn't occur to me. Did, did anyone I tell you to get an agent? I or? knew you were supposed to kind of yeah. get an agent. Did you have an agent as an no, actor? No, I had an agent yeah. as an actor. Right. Of course I did. Why yeah. would you not have an agent? Yeah. Why did I not get one for writing? I don't know. It didn't... I think when I was still acting, I was still thinking, well, I'm just kind of... And, and I was getting enough work. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was getting work that I was enjoying doing. So I wasn't like, oh gosh, I really want to be doing that kind of work. So I'll need to get an agent to, to get me that. The work was kind of coming in and I was just like, well, this is, this is quite nice. And every time I thought, maybe I should get an agent, I could never find a script that I really liked that I wanted to send to an agent, which was really stupid. Even once I've had things on radio and stuff, I just was like, mm, no, I think I need a better script. The next one, then the, the script I do for the next job, mm -hmm. that will be the script yeah. that I'll use to get an agent. And this went on and on and on. So that's the point where I was there, at yeah. that point of not having an agent, mm -hmm. was going, you don't, I don't, yeah. do you know. You weren't pursuing it actively. I, was, I wasn't yeah. pursuing it, but I knew I probably should have one. Yeah. But also, the other thing was is that in terms of money and things like that, uh, there were such standard radio rates yeah. that were all kind of like worked out, right? Mm -hmm. Writers Guild kind of yeah. kind of rates. And it, it wasn't the kind of, well, maybe some people, you see, this is why you need an agent. Maybe other people <coughs> were getting paid more than me. I yeah. don't know. But there was, there was a kind of a standard rate and you got it by how many minutes broadcast you'd, yeah. you'd had and stuff. So it was a fairly, in terms of a pay scale, you know, it was fairly, there wasn't much negotiating, mm -hmm. if you like, to be done. So, um, so yeah, but I should have, at that point, I should have got an agent. Mm -hmm. There are several points where I should have got an agent, yeah. and that's that probably the first, the first yeah. one. So I guess at this point, if you've got like a, a, a young child as well, so you're, you're probably, that probably curtails your writing a yeah. little bit, but. It, 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 yeah, it, it didn't, it, I wrote, actually, it wasn't actually the first child that did it, it was the second child who came along mm -hmm. kind of like a year later. That right. was the, that was what So how did you manage because like a lot of people juggle writing with other things, whether it's a full time job mm -hmm. or doing something else or being a parent or whatever. I mean how how did you find that and, and how what, what what would you say about that? Because pe people yeah, that's yeah. a consideration a lot of yeah. people have to think. At this point it was manageable because uh, I wasn't doing so much what, the radio work was kind of sensibly paced. Mm -hmm. The deadlines were fairly forgiving. Um, I, ha I was able to take and went in 
check cats through with a kind of a baby in my handbag kind of yeah. you know it was all quite relaxed mm-hmm. kind of thing so that, that was fine where it became an issue was when I started working for Tell. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was I was working at, I was working yeah. at nights and things like that. Yeah. I just that was and that was kind of sort of set a pattern there of just mm-hmm. kind of working, yeah. working working nights. I also I've got a very supportive partner who worked kind of funny mm-hmm. hours as well. So that yeah. that was a big yeah. that was a big aspect. I think the difficulty is in that scenario is you never know a where your next job's coming from, and you never. You never know really what the hours are going to be. Mm-hmm. So in terms of organising any kind of official childcare, and you know how the expensive that is, is that in terms of organising that, it's always thinking, well, I can probably, can probably just manage to, to, to make this work. So I'm just going to... I just take this contact lens out. I'll just go one eye. Is this a plot point? It's a plot yeah. point. Yeah. Build attention. <laughs> uh, no, no, there it's gone, it's gone back. <coughs> so... I, it, I think it, it is an issue. It, as I say, it was more of an mm. it, beca- it became a real issue when when I started writing for yeah. TV. At this point, it was still all. Do you know I'm Marie Dimampro? Writer. I remember um, when I first met her, and I was in River City, and I was kind of going in one day and I was like, "Oh, we're up all night, young kids," and she was like, "Oh, and Anne-Marie's brilliant. She's she's just so kind of giving and family and everything." She's like, "Oh, I remember writing in the children." Running around under the table and things like that. And I was thinking, oh God, you're such a nicer person than me. I'm just like, ah. <laughs> Both of my children grew up to the age of five with really strong English accents. And I think it's because they watch too much CBBC. <laughs> CBBC, they don't. My son yeah. speaks RP, practically. It's from the telly. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, so, but, but just the, like the discipline of writing, we can talk mm. more about that later in, in more detail. But like, if anyone is like juggling things, be it family mm. or jobs or whatever, yes, yes, I mean, do you did you learn early on that you have to be quite disciplined as a writer and so and say I have two hours, I need to do something. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you you just do, don't you? I I find that quite hard because I'm I'm a real procrastinator generally, mm-hmm. um, and particularly with writing. And I I heard somewhere somebody say somebody might have heard this about. Why people procrastinate and why creative people procrastinate, and it's when you start a job or a piece of writing, there's so many choices to be made in that, and some of them will be great and some of them will be terrible, and there's just so there's too much and there's too many, and it's overwhelming. So you go right, I'll come back to that tomorrow, and you you keep deferring work, and the longer you defer the work, the closer the deadline comes. This only works if you've got a deadline. But the closer the deadline comes, so the choices diminish because you just haven't got time to explore them all until mm-hmm. it comes to like it's due in on yeah. Tuesday. Today is Monday. <laughs> I've just got to type and I don't have time to think about the choices and I don't I won't be scared about making the wrong choice because I can make the only choice that will get this down on paper in time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's and I try to be aware of that and step back from it and try and mm-hmm. control that bit because I will generally try and put stuff off but it's it's not good and it's not good for your physically yeah <laughs> great physical specimen sitting before you but it's not good for you physically because yeah. you do then end up doing yeah. like that for four nights straight through and days and standing up and you've got deep vein thrombosis and yeah it's not it's really i think writing can be such a an unhealthy mm-hmm. lifestyle physically so don't 
With my fantasy that I get commissioned, I'm going, I don't have to get home and start yeah. on that straight away. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah, I've got an hour here. I'll yeah. be the first. Yeah. Do you, I mean, do you have that sense, like I think a, a lot of writers have it of that you both love and hate writing? Do you, do you feel that way? Yeah, best minute is send. Yeah. Pressing send and it goes. Yeah. When it's going brilliantly, mm. it's the best, it's the best job yeah. in the world, isn't it? But when it's not, yeah. really don't enjoy myself. And out of interest, I don't know if you can kind of compare like way back in the past of the typewriter and stuff, but do you find mm -hmm. like with before the internet there was less distractions oh, or, yeah. or Yes, before the internet. Yes. That, that anyway, actually, there was a time. There was a time. Yeah. There was a time yeah. when you had to go to the library yeah, to look exactly, stuff up yeah, and, yeah. or go and stand in the bookshop yeah. and try again. I mean, do you find things like if you're on a computer, do you find the internet a distraction? Yeah. Looking at the news or, yeah. wh or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Forums, anything. Yeah. Research. Yeah. 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 Really serious yeah. research. Yeah. But yeah. sometimes you that research that just pays off. Yeah. So yeah. it's hard, isn't it? It is. Eventually, you just have to get down to it, yeah. don't you? Because it's not nothing's going to write itself. Indeed. I think the difficulty is, uh, it's 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 much easier if you're getting paid and if you've got a deadline and if people are sitting waiting. There's no, particularly yeah. in TV, there's no, uh, <coughs> particularly in TV that's up and running and is yeah. a, a series. Mm -hmm. There's no room for phoning up and going, I'll get, I'll get it to you next week. They're like, no, there's like forty yeah. people waiting yeah. to oh. get on this and. Get Get it moving. And it's, yeah. You're on a treadmill then. You're on. You're on a hamster wheel, yeah. and you need to. You need to keep up, or you'll be. You'll mm -hmm. be fired. It's as simple as that. So. So let's talk about TV then. So oh. how did you, I mean? Because like you, you didn't like it as an actor. Yeah. You you weren't thinking about it necessarily as a writer, and you obviously your situation probably. Yeah. With having a young family yeah. didn't necessarily it lend itself to that. But, but at some point, did TV become an ambition, or did it? Did it just? Did it kind of? Did it make its way accidentally? It into made your its life? way again and again. People giving me opportunities, and those people give me opportunities because they knew me from working in other areas. So again, it's mm -hmm. it's, it's about those people that you that you know. I got kind of I thought out of nowhere an email from Scottish Screen saying they were writing they <coughs> were doing a course in um, writing for TV, and it was one of these. It, it was brilliant because it was like an evening course. It was like if it had been, if it had been tailored for me mm. at that point in my life, it was just the most extraordinary piece of luck. It was in Glasgow. I was living in Edinburgh, which is not, <laughs> not a big deal. But as I say, I had young, you know, I had young kids and things, and it was a bit of everything was a bit of a hassle. I had a very new baby, and um, I got, and this was like two hours a week at Scottish Screen, Wednesday night. Mm -hmm. Fine, I could get a baby. Husband was about. He could look after the kids, and it was. I was like, oh, what? Yes, it's the evil TV, but I'll give it. I'll, I'll give it. I'll, I'll. I'll give it a shot. And I think it, later I find out. I think I've got the invitation from Leslie Finley, who I think is sort of new through theatre mm. again. Yeah. So, but again, all these things that happen to me, as I see as luck, and I go, oh, it's because of contacts. There are also things that I could equally have sought out, and mm -hmm. in a way as well. Those that course was advertised. But I, I didn't see yeah. it out. Now on the internet, for example, you know yeah, you can yeah, get you yeah. get email, you get alerts, you can sign up to mm -hmm. whatever, so you actually know like events like this. Yeah. You're obviously all quite clued in, or you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't mm -hmm. you wouldn't be here. 
Mm-hmm. I guess, but, <laughs> but, the, but there is an important point though of like sometimes osmosis or luck or whatever is has been kind of carefully organised without you realising because you're basically putting in the legwork as you go along and that's you've kind of stressed that how important yes. that is anyway. I think that's yeah. I think that's the thing. I mean there was it didn't just come completely probably people had heard a radio player, people had seen a theatre thing or whatever mm-hmm. and they were going and Terry does that, Terry sort yeah. of sucks sucks in people over to the dark side. Yes. If they they do, they kind of it does. Yeah. It does. So and I went so to that. Went, so I went yeah. to the course, and lo and behold, people who were working in TV were quite nice. Yeah. Who knew? And as part of that, we had to sort of shadow River City, uh, which I hadn't watched at all. Um, I was banned from watching it because my pal Shona had been in Take the High Road, mm-hmm. and she, there was some theory that Take the High Road, even though they're different channels, had. Been replaced by River City, so it was yeah. bad. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I had to watch River City. And again, being the sort of person <coughs> that has to know everything before I do anything, I probably then watched every single episode of River City mm-hmm. that I could, I could get my hands on. And did the course, and as part of that, we had to write a dummy mm-hmm. section of a dummy script for River City. And it was the strangest thing, but as soon as I started. There was all kinds of different writers on that, that course and um, writing, for, again, for different media, media writers and novelists and things, and journalists, and I just, I was like, this is, this is, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I whisper yeah, it to say, because yeah. still, every job, you're like, oh God, you know. I, I still get stressed out over every job I do. Did you mean it? Do you think it was easy compared to radio and theatre, or just know, easy because suddenly you understood the world? I just, very knew, well, I just knew that. Yeah. I don't know. I just seemed to. I think it's just because I watched so much. Yeah. I grew up on telly. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, that was what mm-hmm. I watched. I, I just knew that. I sort of knew the format. It was kind of like all those years of Coronation Street or whatever, yeah. and just kind of seeped in, and I just. I knew it and I could and I could do it and I was like, oh gosh, I actually I think I can I really think I can do this. Which sounds so after all this, oh I don't think I can do it, I don't think I can do it. I, don't, I was like, no! Oh yes! I think <coughs> I can I think I, I think I understand what you need to do mm-hmm. to do this. And that was that was great. That was and so, really did, and so off the back of that then did someone did you get the chance to actually write a spec script? Well or? what they did was back then and I don't know what I should have found out before I came here tonight. Actually, back then, what used to happen was every so often River City would run a kind of a sort of recruitment thing where they would invite a group of people into you would invite them. You had to write an essay. It was like you had to write a proper essay about like analysing the show and everything. That was quite nerve-wracking. And um, and then they'd invite out of that pool of people, they'd invite you like twenty of you or something to write a spec, mm-hmm. a spec script for nothing. You know, just. On an old, based on a an episode that had been storyline heavily but hadn't been broadcast yet, but one that had been mm-hmm. um, that, that was going to be broadcast, and so I did that, and then sent it in. Didn't hear anything for a year. Slipped the traffic, I saw. Yeah, exactly. But no, but they did keep sort of sending emails. Yeah. No, we're still. We haven't read them yet. We haven't read them yet. <coughs> we haven't read them yet. Um, yes, but it is there is a theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and then they read that script and invited me in and offered me my first commission. Mm-hmm. 
So that Scottish screen course was a yeah a massive a massive turning uh, point for me. Mm-hmm. And and that is that because of uh, also because of things you learned on it about the process as well as the people that you met. Yeah, and it it, it was it was about the process. I just thought. Just everything on it just made sense to me. It was mm. the strangest. It was the strangest thing. And just you know when, yeah. and they got writers in to talk like, we're doing tonight, and I was just like, ah, no, uh, let me act it. I yeah. was. It was the and it was the first sort of kind of form of writing that I mm. felt. I really sort of felt felt that about. So. And did, did you find it like a strange culture shock? Though the whole co- concept of like there's a story team, there's a bible, a story bible, there's a whole you're maybe. I, I guess it depends on show to show. Sometimes you're given lots of freedom, yeah, other times yeah. not so much. But I mean, or did you did, again? Did it just feel like natural to it you? It did feel like. I mean, I don't know if people uh, know. So on a show like that, basically, I mean, you probably know this, but I'll just very quickly go. <coughs> it's usually what they have is they have a sort of a storyline department, something that's a continuing drama that's really got loads and loads of episodes mm-hmm. going on, like the Waterloo Road, like the other cities, all these that. Um, they've got like a story sort of line department that kind of coming up with the ideas and then they give you um, a breakdown of that um, of, of that story mm-hmm. and it can be 10 pages of kind of closely typed text going A story, B story, C story or it can be, if things are a bit frantic in the storyline office, it can be like six bullet points mm-hmm. going yeah. Raymond mm-hmm. falls out with you know, whatever or you know, so and mm-hmm. so hunts for his mother and, you know so within that then you've got a, a degree of freedom but not really because you've got to hit the beats that have mm. been outlined in the in the storyline document and do they give you an idea of what how many what this where it's how many minutes in you should reach these points or do you no not usually i mean it's usually it dep- again it sometimes depends sometimes you'll just get they will break it down in like usually with 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 that kind of show they'll break it down into an a b and a c so mm-hmm. they'll give you all the A story, which you'll presume is going to run from, you know, beginning to end mm-hmm. across the thing, and then the B story, which usually so if that's the beginning to the end of the B story. This is my very technical way of doing uh-huh. that. B story kind of there to there, <laughs> C story maybe there to there, <laughs> sort of idea. Um, but you just and then you, that's that for me is the best part of the job. Mm-hmm. It's going away and going right. How do you jigsaw? Those that A, B, and C story yeah. together to best to best effect. Mm-hmm. You, you might be that picking up. I I I find it helpful to work from a theme, so I'll read them all and I'll go. Is there any theme that kind of links yeah. the three of them? Sometimes you really have to you really have to push it to um, to get it. But I just find that helpful in terms of thinking it out. I'm a big fan of. I'm not brilliant at structure, so I I have used and continue to use. I mean, there's loads of good books on structure. There's no excuse. Now, yeah. not to understand yeah. structure. My favourite one is uh, I love. Oh God, is it Save the Cat? Save the Cat. Has anyone said Save the Cat? So I find that I find that useful. And I, if I'm stuck, it's stuckness. You're right. What? Oh yeah, bad guys closing. Right. Well, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think there's any shame at all mm-hmm. in using whatever tools are at your disposal. Because when you're trying to put an episode of of something together, it, it, that's that's for me. That's where the work is. Mm. Is, is putting that, getting that structure together. So once you've got right this and then that will flow into that and that, okay. Um, and as well, within that, different shows have different expectations of how closely you stick. Yeah. 
to what you've got. So, Waterloo Road. Was that your next job after Riverside? Yeah. yeah. So that was they had. They have a fairly loose uh, sense of you know things could change mm-hmm. quite dramatically. Mm-hmm. If you go and go, I think it's like this. They go, yeah, just forget that. Try this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, but otherwise, um, and others are really tight and mm-hmm. um, on, on what they expect. So again, those are conversations that you can have when you get that, yeah. that job. Your script editor is your friend and your ally in mm-hmm. that scenario. Do you prefer having a tighter story document to like a looser one or does it just depend on what the show depends, is? It depends on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's something crimey, I need a fairly tight document because yeah. I'm not terribly good yeah. on that. I have to, I have to draw like a map on my wall that's got like the drugs are here. Uh, <laughs> he kills him because I, I just. So you've I, got an instant room in your. I have desk got an instant room yeah. if I'm doing a crime thing. Whereas if it's about relationships, I can have a, I can hold in my head who's had sex with who over like eleven years, no problem. But I can't remember where the drugs are hidden yeah. in the van and who the gangster was that uh, you know it just it just depends on yeah. what your you know mm-hmm. what your uh, yeah. how your brain works and what you're interested in really doesn't it so yeah um but yes there's a big variation but you, you've always got a script editor there um who who's in that boat with you yeah and um that's be yeah. nice to them and hope they'll be nice to you we, can, uh, we should okay. talk a wee bit more about that later, but you mentioned Waterloo Road, and that's, I think that's the first clip that we have of your mm. work. So do, do you want to tell us about this clip first, we can watch it, and then we can talk a little bit this about how that yeah. came about? Or it's not a terribly deep and meaningful clip, but it's, oh, what happened was, again, just the way that the industry works, was that mm. I'd been working at um, doing lots of river cities. BBC Scotland uh, produced Waterloo Road, at this, at this point in time, when I mm-hmm. got taken on to Waterloo Road, it was down in Rochdale, it was before they did uh, the, the, the bus the, up. The Bobby walks out of the shower story. The Bobby thing. walks out of yeah. the shower. So it was before that. So um, I think I uh, was taken on, possibly as a Scottish writer. Um, and so it was my first network telly thing. I like Waterloo Road and, the, and the, I like anything with a northern accent. Yes. It certainly lends itself. You mentioned Corey earlier, but uh, yes. it, it just lends itself to yes. such a good mix of comedy and Definitely. drama, doesn't it? But I suppose with that show generally, you're having to write kids' characters as well as adults. adults. And that must have been a real challenge. Yeah, I mean, it was. I still sort of feel about 16, 17. I still sort of feel like I'm at secondary school and things. Yeah. So I kind of plug into that quite uh, <coughs> quite easily. But what they did with Waterloo Road is they brought teachers kind of in and out at yeah. a great rate. There was always new characters to establish and, and things like that. So on one hand, that's quite tricky, but on the other hand, it's also quite nice. We were establishing that character, he just started mm-hmm. and he was going to be, and of course later down the line, he's going to get done for harassment or whatever, so you're setting off the old mm-hmm. guys taking photos of his yeah. arse and all of that yeah. kind of thing. Um, but that was quite nice because you could introduce characters. Mm-hmm. It was a very organic process at Waterloo Road, I'll say that. Yeah. It was a, a very organic. So on one way, that was really, really stressful. I'll be absolutely honest. It was stressful. It was a high turnover. It was. It was. It was a lot. Of, I think they were doing. They were doing a lot of episodes a, a year, and it was quite. A, it was a very busy schedule. But at the same time, within that, then 
there was there was room so that quite often you could introduce the, the odd character and then three weeks later they'd be like someone's pal that you just introduced up the back of the, mm-hmm. the classroom was like a main yeah. a main character and that was always really mm-hmm. there's still a few the, towards the end of Waterloo Road and it's, that you'd say oh, I, I, that was so and so that I brought in as you know the lead yeah. character's pal down the back so that was quite nice mm-hmm. and it was an early lesson in that there is no such thing as a little character and a you yeah. You know, yeah. just a, a useful, clunky character that mm-hmm. invests, it's always worth investing in those characters mm-hmm. with something because quite often yeah. they get they get picked up yeah. and, and, um, and and run with. Mm-hmm. If and it gives the actors as well something to, to, yeah. to go on. Actually, that just made me think of something. Um, I remember someone saying years ago that you should always, you know, and sometimes in writers with small cats if they don't give them names even and things but that's just in case yeah. anyone's ever writing something like that yeah. but why that's important because you said the two reasons because a they could develop and b yeah. the actors the actors absolutely need to know that if you give them yeah. any information they will they'll go, go to town it. on it you they'll know. go to town with it yeah. I, t- I think I, I like to do it because I know as an actor when I was starting out doing telly and things and getting really little parts mm-hmm. it's so hard they're so hard to play yeah. as an actor because mm-hmm. there's nothing to to grab onto, mm-hmm. so it's yeah. uh, it, just even the, the smallest, yes. the smallest things are, 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 are and it's more fun to write as well, yeah. isn't it? Just give them a twitch and yeah. something, <laughs> give them something. So, um, I mean, we, we kind of jumped ahead there, but yeah. obviously you, you got into River City, I think you obviously got a few commissions and yes, then yeah, yeah. Waterloo Road happened organically or did you push well, for no, that? Well, no, Waterloo Road, they just, it was the BBC, they put me forward, yeah. BBC put me, I think it was probably Gaynor at the yeah. BBC, um, who was the exec at uh-huh. River City put me, put okay. me forward, so that was... And so I guess great. I mean that's a that's a big break because that was like was. a huge show on that BBC was a big, One. It was a big millions show. of viewers, you know. And was yeah. that was that I guess that must have been exciting and nerve wracking. Yeah, it was. It 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 was. But luckily the process was so fast. I didn't. Yeah. Have time. <laughs> I didn't really have yeah. time. It was a mad show to work on. And then just two two questions. Did, did, did you think at that point actually I think I'm a writer now? Or were you still in yeah. denial? And I did. Yeah. And I thought I should get an agent. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. And so, so did you try and get an agent? Yeah, I did. Point? I yeah. know I would have me. Right. And did you have the spec script, or were no, you still waiting well, for the next see, thing? Yeah. That was, that's the other thing. So if you come away, yeah. Two things from this: get an agent, get a spec script. I didn't have a spec yeah. script. So I didn't have a spec TV script. Right. So I had lots of like I had original radio. Mm-hmm stuff mm-hmm. what was wrong with that and i had um original uh, i didn't try hard enough i think basically what happened was i got in touch with a couple of agents and one agent said um oh you're still doing maybe it was slightly before waterloo said oh just keep get, do river city for a bit and then get back to us when you've got a spec script so, oh no that means i'm gonna have to write spec script never what spec script which is what I'm saying about deadlines and things as well, is that I think mm. this is why TV suits me, is that yeah. if I'm left to my own devices, I think it's a really hard thing to, mm. to be disciplined enough to, but it's so worth it. Yeah. Um, so that happened, and then a couple of other agents just didn't get back, and I yeah. just kind of, I don't know, I just uh. let it go, and I, which is stupid, and not advising this as a, a course at all. Don't do this. 
but Waterloo Road then got your recommendation to work on another BBC Scotland show, yes. Lip Service. Lip Service. We don't need to show the clip for that, it's really long. Right. Um, yeah, Lip Service. Now, and that was an important one because not only was it, so the recommendation came again through BBC Scotland, mm-hmm. um, and then, but it was to this company, Kudos, which is a TV production yeah. company, very well known one. And that was another massive look I didn't realize it at the time but that was a massive break mm-hmm. um, because I just went and only kind of did the job it was a um, uh, <laughs> it makes me laugh because I think it was a sort of a lesbian drama set in Glasgow but it was so glamorous wasn't it and then mm-hmm. afterwards I think they ran tours and things like that where they were like inviting yeah. lesbians from all around the country yeah. to come to Glasgow and I'm I don't know if the scene is really quite that. It was so yeah. glamorous and everyone was absolutely gorgeous. And it was just... Except the guys. Except yeah. the guys. Yeah. So, but, so that was my first, that was my first experience of working a job with a showrunner, mm-hmm. which is basically, I'm sure you know, it's like somebody basically, it was Harriet Brown's baby. It was her thing. Yeah. And we were being brought in to write. She was writing, I think, three of the episodes of the six and... Um, other writers were brought in. So that's quite a different thing because that's not so much that storyline department has been kind of mm-hmm. putting together loads and loads of stories, it's somebody's bespoke kind of mm-hmm. piece, authored, really sort of authored kind of kind of kind of piece. So um that was that was And was that harder to do then? Do I thought it was gonna be really hard. Yeah. I was really worried about some confidence just come up. Um, I thought it was going to be really hard. I was quite nervous about it because I think if that was my show, mm-hmm. I would be like all over all the writers who would own it. I would yeah. be a nightmare. Yeah. I would be a nightmare. I'd be a complete mm-hmm. dictator. But actually, Harriet was was absolutely brilliant, and she she was she was happy with mm-hmm. the the outline that I did with the episode, and she was very supportive through it. So got away with that. Yeah. Phew. That was that mm-hmm. was that was good. But then that was my introduction to, to Kudos. Yeah, and that's that thing of one thing leads to another, especially once you kind of, uh, if you get in, well, you got in with the BBC, and obviously the BBC makes a lot of shows, so that you got an opportunity mm-hmm. to kind of be connected to other shows. Yeah. Then Kudos are one of the biggest independent producers of drama yeah. um, in the world, actually, not just Britain. But um, so then you got a chance to work on that. You got, so then did you get, a, did you find that you were, you were, even just by being on this, was it just one episode of Lip, Lip Service? Or did you one episode, yeah. yeah. But did you then find that you had a kind of way into the company or they were... Yeah, they well, were they were really good because people are... You know, it doesn't seem like it when you're on the outside, but people are really looking for writers. They are really looking for writers. You can't make telly yet at the moment. Who knows what's coming in the future, but without, without mm-hmm. writers. So they really are, they really are looking. And telly can chew up writers it's a tough it is a tough medium to to work for so there can be a shelf a shelf life for how long people are are willing to do it you know quite a lot of people go all right i'm going going you know you do it for for so long but um what was i talking about Uh, kudos kudos so they yeah they were they were they were really supportive to me and then out of that i think about the next sort of three or four jobs that i had be all with that mm. that company so and now you've got an agent no. well yeah now i'll tell you what happened yeah. so um lip service astonishingly got nominated 
Oh yes, for a BAFTA Scotland for a, for a Bafta Award. Scotland yeah, that's right. Should have said that. Yeah. And it was a bit mortifying. I was a bit mortified yeah. because it was like one episode, and it was like Harriet's show, yeah. and they picked mine. I was probably I was I was probably the only eligible because I was Scottish. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but I was but it was up against like it was like um, oh god. Oh, um, uh, Paul Allerton, yeah, Sweet Sweet. Uh, no, whiskey one. Whiskey, no, the Angel Share. Angel Share, thank you. Angel Share and other something else, and it was just like, and an entire series of Kevin Bridges. Like, I was like, oh, yeah. I just like one, if, but anyway, it was lovely. But then I was like, oh, I cannot, I cannot. So I've got back to Scotland to thank for the fact I got an agent. I cannot <coughs> go to that awards do and not have an agent. It's just that I'm ready. <laughs> it's just really, really embarrassing because it had got to the point where it was getting quite yeah. embarrassing. So what? So one of the agents. Right prior to this, I emailed um, the agent that I've got now had emailed me and said that he'd because even people like Harry are probably going, "You've not got an agent. I'll, I'll, I'll recommend you to my agent. This is embarrassing." But anyway, this agent had contacted me and said, oh, so-and-so said you're looking for an agent. I think obviously by this stage, now it was the other way around. It was like, they were going, well, obviously you're working, so they can make some, make some cash off me. So, because it is a business, the whole thing is, yeah. it's business. So, um, but my lovely agent, Joe, had contacted me, and then I'd gone to see him. He'd invited me to see him. Now, I was living down south at the time, so it wasn't quite as bad as it could have been. And I turned up at his office to see him on the arranged day. And um, he wasn't there. He was in a ballpark with his kids in Yorkshire. And he <laughs> got them. He got the days. And I was like, this, I am not meant to get an agent. I am not. <laughs> Even the agent who invites me to, to, to meet them. So, so anyway, this was about six months before the whole lip service um, nomination thing. So I was like, oh, God, right. Forget it, forget it. I'm not going to get an agent. And then... The, the BAFTA thing came up, and he was like so apologetic. Made a lovely chat on the, on the phone. Me sitting in his office, swinging about in his seat. Assistant <laughs> into the office. And he was in this ballpark in Yorkshire or whatever. Oh God, I'm really sorry. But we got on really well on the phone. But then I was like, ah, well, mm-hmm. do you know. So then, when I when I got the nominations, like, ah, right. so I sent him an email. Now I thought I sent him an email going, hi, don't know if you remember me, but la la la. Uh, I'd be nominated for this award, would it be possible could I come and see you again, probably. But instead what I did was I sent him a blank email that looked really aggressive. <laughs> so it was like it's a blank email with, it was like, because it was a chain of like previous emails. Yeah. And then I just like, it was like I'd gone, <clears throat> right, come on, what are you going to do about it? And he phoned, he phoned within about 30 seconds, he was like that. asked me in. <laughs> I said, look, I need an agent. This is getting ridiculous. I've been nominated for this thing. I can't go to the ceremony without an agent. Can I come and see it? Went in to see him and he, t- he took me on. So finally, I got an agent. I had to wait until I was nominated yeah. for a Scottish BAFTA before I got an agent. Don't wait. <laughs> Just, I'm, honestly, I'm like, but I mean, it is. It's not. It's, yeah, it's, it is hard to get an agent, but you obviously have to be persistent, and that's like you and were. And I wasn't. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I wasn't yeah. until. Yeah. Later on, mm-hmm. um, but there, there is no reason why. Again, because then the first thing he said to me was, "Do you have a spec telescript?" And I didn't have a spec. 
Kelly, in the medium that you want to write for. Do you know, it's not rock. I can t- if I could go back in time and give myself advice, uh, honestly, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But um, I did have my unproduced Traverse play, <laughs> which then he used mm-hmm. to get me loads of, loads of meetings and loads of work. Mm-hmm. So there's never a wasted script, even if it's not telling script. But yeah, mm-hmm. so that's... And I do have a spec script now, but it's only because it's I was paid to write it because it was for a development thing, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. so it is an original script. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, just in case anyone doesn't know about a spec script and what it is, I mean, it obviously can't be an episode of something, no. so it has to yes. be an original. It's like a calling yeah. card, a calling card script. So you're. Ideally, sixty minutes. Yeah, sixty minutes. Or even, I mean, even if you had like a really good short, short or something, mm-hmm. I think it would be a, a start. Uh, I'd had that. Um, oh, I tell a lie. No, I tell a lie. I did. I did have one telly spec script that I'd done for um, a competition, but it was a short. It was a, a, a half hour, and it was kids. It was the first episode of a kids show, and actually that got me quite a lot of quite a lot of um, bits and bobs, but. Really, you want you want a script that's your own uh-huh. thing, your own your own voice, whatever, whatever you think that that it's is. Stupid question. <laughs> You've got all these credits for shows like War of the Road, The Never City, and Lip Service. Why was it important for you to have a spec script? Can I just ask you? Know, all that experience. Not at all. Um, still, if my agent's trying to get me work, like a lot of the work, as I say, I got subsequently because of people like working for the same company that sort of recommendations over cups of coffee kind of thing but for other things for getting meetings with other companies with um people are looking for writers to develop shows all the time and things and the first thing they they want to see is an example of your of your writing and they're not mad keen to see a lip service script or a what are new road script because they don't know how much of that is me yeah. and how much of it is the show. So they won't know in a lip service script how much of that is Harriet's bronze ideas yeah. and how much of it has the script <laughs> in it to rewritten for me and things. Um, so, and how much of it is like the storyline coming up with a cracking, a cracking story. So they, they're looking for your, you know, unadulterated raw. Uh-huh. They want you on the, the page. It's your audition. Yeah, basically. I mean, I, I think we're kind of quite tight for time here, but I, just, yeah, I don't want to dominate so that you guys get a chance to. Yeah. But I think um, so. I mean, I, I think by this point in your career, obviously things are going really well, and I guess that's breeding a lot of confidence mm-hmm. as well. But just um, to, if you could talk a little bit about the whole, as well as getting jobs on shows that exist that someone else creates mm-hmm. and things like that. Obviously, as a writer, you will want. You must have ambitions to create your own brand new things, not least of which a spec script <laughs> has to come. But yeah. so but when you get an agent and you get your meetings and you yeah. get, you maybe sometimes you can get development money. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and for anyone that's never been in that world or knows nothing about it, there's a whole process of get the, sometimes development's unpaid, but luckily if you've got an agent, thing yeah. it's usually paid. But t- t- if, tell us a little bit about your experiences of that and, and your in whatever journey you've been on to try and yeah. get your own projects off the ground I mean yeah I am in, I'm in I'm sort of in development hell at the minute uh, it's 
I mean, in one way, it's really exciting and it's really interesting because it's either people coming to you with an idea that they want mm -hmm. to bring the writer on to develop. So um, I've got like an adaptation of something with, with, with Kudos at the moment. That, that we've been working on that for... I had to send it to somebody the other day and I looked at the date on the script and I think it was like 2012 or something mm -hmm. was the first. You know, it, it, but that's not unusual that's in not itself. Unusual. I mean, yeah. You can... You, so you're basically you're working for ages to get mm -hmm. to to get the idea or it might be your own idea it might be that yeah. you get invited in and people say have you got have you got anything because they're again they're always looking for ideas usually they're quite sp specific <laughs> ideas or like you're sort of pitching things at them and you can see them kind of glazing over and you very quickly go right, it's yeah. not that, that, that you know yeah. so there's a little bit of a little bit of that that goes on um, and then basically what happens is they commission you to write, um, you know, a sort of a treatment uh -huh. outline of how you, how you sort of see it going. And then if you're lucky, either they, the company, or the broadcaster, maybe the company will take it to the broadcaster or whatever, and BBC will say, okay, we'll commission the first episode just as a, uh -huh. to see how it, how it goes. So you do that, and then you get notes from about 740 people, and then you do a different version uh -huh. of it. And then you get notes from seven hundred and forty people, and you do a different version of it, and you can, and it, it kind of, it kind of running, running, run, really, doesn't it? It can go, it really can go for years, and you get different. I mean, the script that I'm talking about, we've got about six different, quite different versions yeah. of that script. You need tenacity yeah. in this business, and you need stamina, don't you? Yeah, I think to. Because I think in, in that scenario, you might, because you might get, if you've got six different versions of that script, because quite, sometimes things can happen where they like the cats, but they want to move them to a different setting or change yeah. their jobs or, or change the men into women or, yeah. Or it can know. be going, you think it's going to go to one broadcaster, so it feels yeah. like, oh, this oh yes. let's make this a BBC, this is a BBC eight o'clock show. Right, that's been knocked back. Let's make it an ITV night. Yeah. No, hang on. I think if we, we can squish this to Sky, yeah. we do the Sky bit, you know, so yeah. there's all the different um, things. Ultimately, it is, mm -hmm. I think what's difficult is that it is a business and, it, and all of that, but mm -hmm. it's then holding on to what it was that you yeah. liked yeah. about and loved about that yeah. project in, in the first place. And I sometimes quite like a really radical set of mm -hmm. notes that kind of takes things off in a different it's yeah. like we've been working on something for about three years. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah, right, yeah, it's like yeah. sitting in space. Oh, <laughs> okay. So that can be quite good, but it's um, being able to. It's so difficult, isn't it? Because being a writer is so much, isn't it? It's so personal. Mm. And you do invest a lot of yourself, whether it's your show or somebody else's show or a film or whatever. But at the same time, mm -hmm. everybody, everybody's got an opinion yeah. on, on what you're doing. and. Mm -hmm. They have an investment in it. They have a financial yeah. investment in it. They're, you know, they're looking down the line, going, "How are we going to make twenty episodes of this? Or how are we going to do this? And how are we going to sell it here? Or how are we going to?" And all the time you're just going, "I just, I just think my character here is really, you know, a yeah. reflection of the." And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's holding on to it's holding on to mm -hmm. to your love of yeah. the thing. So only do things that you love. Can I ask just one other question before I get you guys in? Because <clears throat> you touched on it earlier um, about a writer's voice, you know, and it's mm. something that every writer is going to get told at some point or asked of what is your voice, and and you have experience of writing quite a, a, a broad range of different things across different mediums. So, 
does that mean you've had to find numerous voices over the years or do you or are you still oh, trying to find a, a voice is there a voice that's a really good question i'm not i'm not quite sure actually um and if people should people get worried about that in the early in their career oh that's a really hard that's yeah. a really hard question no i think how do you even know what your voice is? Sometimes I think it's not up to you to know what your voice is. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just, it's just you. So sometimes it's one of these things that if you think too much about it, you might, I don't know, you might jinx your voice. I don't know. Uh, but you know, <coughs> but you, so you, you do have to, oh God, that's such a difficult question. No, but it's, that's, it's a, a, bit, it's a it's really a, good yeah. question. You're writing for other shows. The way that I see it, is that the reason I can write for like the tunnel or what the world or whatever is that I, I approach everything just because the, it's what I'm interested in from the character point of view. So I'm thinking my way into the character's head. So whether that's Bradley Walsh being a yeah. copper on Law and Order or whether it's, mm -hmm. you know, somebody being really smart on the, the yeah. tunnel or, or whatever, it, it's just thinking at it. From, now, this is not <coughs> a helpful, this is not a helpful answer. I think. Sometimes you just got to get your head down and do the job mm -hmm. and not worry about your voice and <laughs> just do it. I think where you think about your voice is for, for your, own, your own work mm -hmm. is important. And what your vo it will come through because you are a human being and not a robot typing, no matter how many mm -hmm. save the cats or whatever. That's people have gone, you're such a guy, but pop it. Yeah. No, that's just, that's technical, that's ABC. It'll come through because you're typing it and you're typing it with your fingers that are connected to your brain and that, that your brain is made up of mm -hmm. all your life experience and all the, the good stuff, the bad stuff, what you think of people, your, your world view. Mm -hmm. took me a long time to be, to even think that I, of that, that's maybe why I didn't want to write for so long. Yeah. I didn't want to put myself in the line for so long because I thought I don't know anything about anything. I had to go around the houses mm -hmm. a few times and do all the different because in between all of this yeah. stuff, I did all, I was, I was a traffic enumerator, <coughs> I worked in the social work department, there was like lots yeah, of other yeah. stuff, but it was only once I kind of done all that there, mm -hmm. and that somehow has come out in my voice, and that's what comes out in your, yeah. your voice, and whether you're kind of a bit bleak, or a mm -hmm. bit funny, yeah. or a bit... <coughs> so is, in, it, you said that no scripts ever wasted, I guess no experiences ever wasted no. either, and as, Do you as know what's awful? Yeah. Well, you know, writers, sometimes something really bad can be yeah. happening, and I'm 100 going, oh my god, this is awful, 100 yeah. I've got to keep this. Yes. I've got to file that away. Yeah. I mean, that's awful, isn't it? Like a parasite. No, I think that's your duty. Yeah. 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 But it is. You were nosy, so, you know. Yeah. The, yeah. You've got to find out all the yeah. stuff. And yeah, no, yeah. awful. Not good. <laughs> Doesn't make for a very good yeah. human being, but I could write yeah. it. I could write it. Indeed. Yeah. Um, does anyone want to ask a question about it? We've obviously discussed quite a lot of things. Definitely. Louise's career, which we could still spend more time on, because we haven't got to the. I want to know how you wrote Cockney for Bradley Walsh, but we, we can. I can ask you that later. But um, does anyone want to ask anything? Yes. You're talking there about um, how you get into your characters' heads, and it yes. sounds like you had a lot, a lot of times where the story isn't actually really your yes. baby. You get given your story. I was speaking to someone else, and they said it doesn't really matter what the story is. <coughs> if you know your character, the story will come. Yeah. How do you reconcile knowing your character and being told what the story is? I think. See, I think that's. I think that's. I think knowing your knowing your character and the story will come is great. Again, writing original stuff. Uh, that I, I absolutely. I would absolutely agree with that. 
if you know your character, they'll take you on it. Uh, I mean, I, in an ideal world, well, sometimes, sometimes when you're writing TV drama, you do have to rely on getting into the character's head to, to get the story, because even though you've got that story document, it might not, it might not make sense, or it might not, and it changes, so you do have to, you, you still do have to think about things structurally and in terms of plot. I don't think you can ever know your characters well enough. I think even, like some characters just write themselves and they are brilliant. They just, it's like that bizarre thing, isn't it? You know, those people that write, write Mozart yeah. things that Mozart never wrote. Like, mm, I'm yeah. I'm and they, like, you can commune, you can sort of commune with the characters. And that can be a great treat when you're working on a long-running series, is if you get some good, like, solid characters and you can, they, they just, they do the work. They do the work for you. And that's, I don't know if that's really answered your, no. your, your question. It sounds like it's suck it up and get on with it. Suck it, yeah, <laughs> it kind of, I think certainly for, for writing serial yeah. drama, yeah. it is, it is, it's, um, it is. You don't really have a lot of time to, or maybe that's why I quite like it, you don't have a lot of time <coughs> to think about it, you yeah. just kind of have to do it. Every single, every, every single screen, we're doing the Tunnel 3 at the moment. Um, and I'm up to the point where I'm absolutely terrified about it. I'm thinking, oh God, I can't. Mm-hmm. And I've never written for these characters before. But still, at the start of every job, I just think, oh. Are you waiting oh, for the choices I, to disappear? I'm again? waiting for the choices to disappear. I'm waiting for something yeah, to take yeah. over. And about the first five pages, it's like clunk, clunk, <laughs> clunk. And then gradually, only by, only by refusing not to move my arse from the yeah. seat, it, 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 yeah. it comes. So I don't know quite why I've gone, but so it is suck it up and get on with it, and it is apply your arse to the chair, and it, mm-hmm. and it and it it will happen. But that doesn't take away the fear that I think mm-hmm. all writers. Yeah. I mean, I think every get the fear. Oh, yeah. It is healthy yeah. to a degree. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, I've got a question kind of about imposter syndrome because it seemed like for a long time mm-hmm. for you. you yes. Say, yeah, into that stage where you're kind of able to own up to saying what you want to do yes. and what you want to write, and I'm just wondering what whether or not that goes away, or if it goes away and comes back again. Or I think it comes. I've got it in a minute, but that tunnel for what? Oh no, I can't write. It's good, but um, it, it, but it does. I think the more it's like anything, the more you practice doing something, the more your brain kind of goes mm-hmm. right. Okay, right. This might be a bit shit just now. I might not quite understand what I'm doing, but I just have to trust that it all it'll come through. But in, I think the imposter syndrome, I think, I, 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 I can only think of a handful of writers that I know that are so super confident mm-hmm. that they never get the... It's, it's weird because I feel like when I see women in these events, they yeah. talk about it all the time, whereas I feel like they don't uh, yes. think better winning it, or yes. men are kind of presenting as not having it, or... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know quite what it, I don't know quite what it is, or whether it's... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, I don't really know what the... And I don't know what the solution is. I mean, I think it's just doing it, isn't it? And then, because I have, I can sit here and go, oh, I'm gonna do this, I didn't do that, and I did this. But inside, I am arrogant as bastard. At the same time. That's <laughs> a you know what I mean? thing, isn't it? I am, yeah, yeah I'm arrogant as a bastard, yeah. technically. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because you still need to have that, yeah. no, yeah. I can do this, and you need to have confidence in yourself to do it. And you need to have it when, particularly, writing for these, yeah. these jobs. You will get knocked down and you will get fired mm-hmm. and you will I don't know a writer that hasn't been fired in telly. Um 
it, it happens all the time and you've got to be able to just pick yourself up and go on so while my career and everything might be sort of badly thought out and why I do have moments of oh my god I can't do this at the same, at the same time and, and I think you've got to have that core of stealing something inside you as a writer even if it is buried beneath a lot of flannel and denial and that or else or do something else because it's it's don't write for telly because it it is it is hard I don't want to sorry that sounds awful negative but I think I love it but it is hard I mean I I have sought down the telephone to to script editors and I think script editors sobbing down the telephone to me but you know it's there are times when you just think bloody hell there's always and there's a moment when you get a phone call just as something's about to go into production or whatever and you've done so many drafts and you get the phone call and you go just think you could do one more look at this and you just want to lie you want to lie down on the floor every single time every script every credit that I've got has involved some point you lying on the floor going no 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 more I'm really selling it. I'm selling yes. it as a job. Yeah. We're just trying to keep the market tight so that the, yes. you know, there's not yeah, the competition. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yes. Is it worth it? Yes. If, you, if you've got the kind of personality, I think, that can take it, I, I can't imagine doing anything else, absolutely. I love it. I really love it. And it's, I love, I love the collaborative, we haven't really talked about this a lot, but yeah. it's a very collaborative form of writing. I enjoy that. Um, a lot of people don't enjoy that, so I, I like collaborating with people, I like sitting sit in a room and go, okay, well hang on, if we did this, every so often I get a flash and I go, oh my god, is this my job, when you're in some, you're storylining something in a, a, a group in a, a room and you're going, oh yeah, and then he, right, then the, the shark could come up, and then he could die of the whatever, and then the guy with the bubonic plague, and you go, this is my job, this is my job, and it's just sitting yeah. with a, bunch of people that are mm-hmm. doing ex- are just big kids as well talking about putting stuff together and then someone's actually taking it seriously and making it mm-hmm. yeah, it's brilliant it's absolutely brilliant so yes for those those moments but it's it's, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's 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 an industry people want you to produce need you to produce the stuff so from that element that's mm-hmm. that, that can be sometimes it's a joy depends who you're working with sometimes it's a not such a job. I just wondered if you had any thoughts about being based in Scotland rather than London. Um, yeah, most of my work at the moment is in London, um, so I spend a lot of time on the train. Um, I was saying earlier, I feel a bit jinxy about, well, my kids are teenagers now, so we're back to their school, I'm not going to be uprooting people, but even if it was an option now, um, I think, I don't know. For me, I think I write better in Scotland. I don't know why, superstitious. But for, for people starting out, you know, I, de- I mean, all the meetings and everything are are, are in London. Hopefully that's going to, that yeah. will change. I mean, having said that, I did eight years writing and I never went to London at all. Everything I did was prep was yeah. was, was in Glasgow, so or, or, or Edinburgh. So and it's only recently that 
There's a sleeper. There's yeah. Airbnb. <laughs> I mean, you, you can write it anywhere. You, you can write it anywhere. But, but I suppose yeah, it's an awareness that a lot of the industry is in London. And yeah, be, it, it, be it is. To go there for meeting. Yeah, you do. Yeah. You do. But um, you do. And whenever I go top tip, can't believe I still don't do this. Remember, it's always about four or five degrees hotter in London. Yeah. <laughs> and I go down. Yeah. I go down. And everybody yeah. meets on like the fifth floor of some Soho thing with no lift. And by the time I get there, I'm like, I'm, just, I'm all ashing with sweat. And the assistant's always going to go, oh, do you want some water? Top tip. T shirt. Bring your shorts. Yeah. There's another question there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, two things I, really, I, I, I always think of um, teachers I don't know you're probably oh, all too young to remember teachers but I love teachers and it was the first thing yeah. I saw that I thought that you can, you can be funny but there's a drama there and it's sort of soapy but it's not it's, and it's about people messing up and I, I really like that I like yeah. the sort of the, and sort of ambiguous characters characters that are kind of cool and the other one, and I always need to check out how to pronounce this guy's name properly, and I never have. Polyakov, Polyakov, which oh, yeah. you Polyakov, right? Yeah. Sheet in the past. Yeah. Um, I love that. And funny, I, I, I can kind of remember it in the sort of the theatricality of that. Um, I don't, I should watch it again, but I'm scared to mm. because I probably won't like it. And it's in my, <laughs> it's in my mind what it is. And I kind of use it as a sort of a reference point. So they're quite too odd kind of reference points in the one sort of terms sort of slow and ponderous yeah. and kind of beautifully short and sweeping and all of this and one's teachers but those are the first yeah so that's my voice it's somewhere some horrible mashup yeah. of teachers and Stephen Paul and Paul. That's good references this, I think we probably have one more question yeah Beverly yeah, yeah. yeah. okay sorry I keep getting this moth here yes, uh, yes. I'm just going to ask, do you have some of um, what are your ambitions? Happy Valley, Peaky Blinders, would you like to do that kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, I, I think what, I, what I'm loving at the moment is, uh, well, there's, so, so there's two channels, isn't there? So there's, there's the episodic writing, which I really enjoy. I love the, I love just getting taken on in a new show and getting a whole load of characters and going into a different world. Um, I really enjoy that. and the finding out what the DNA of that show is and writing for it. And I suppose the other the other is, is getting something of your own your original work kind of up and up and running on, on telly. So obviously that would be that would be brilliant. But um, yeah, so that's that's kind of watch this space. <laughs> yeah, because basically we've already established everything takes five years to happen and then they want it yesterday. <laughs> Generally is how it goes, isn't it? Um, there's, just before we, I think we can still chat informally, but yes. one of Louise's many shows is Law and Order UK, which as people probably know was originated as an American show, and uh, there was a clip you wanted to show, just which kind of illustrates, it's just a broader context, the difference sometimes between shows, same show, different country, and, and how things can be different, and yeah. things that might... Yeah, well that's just very quickly, the way that that works, so they, they get the American storyline, and you, you, you get hired for the job and you get to choose your American storyline if it's not been done. All right. Yeah. yeah, and then you get yeah. the script and the Bible, which is fantastic. Yeah. It's so interesting. 
um, the Dick Wolf kind of um, Bible on how to, how to write crime. And, um, and then you basically, depending on, you can, depending on the story, sometimes the legal element of it makes it completely, a completely different story, actually. Mm-hmm. So you, you do that, but the clip I got is actually, it's a, I think it was a BBC, was it BBC, BBC America. America did it, when they started broadcasting Law and Order UK back to the <laughs> Americans. But the reason I liked it as well, just because it's quite funny, but also because when I'm talking about the DNA of a show, that every show has got its own kind of feel. And sometimes, just a quick one, you're sometimes better to read the script of a show than watch it to get the feel of a show, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. It's sometimes it's sometimes easier because you can get blinded by all the production yeah. stuff and to get the rhythm and the pace yeah. of a show, always see if you can read the script. Yeah. But this how this you scripts, or just ask you how you you can, I mean, a lot of the stuff, a lot of stuff now is available yeah. kind of online. If you're hired to do a job, you, yeah. you just say, can you send me? Do you all know about the BBC writers room, incidentally? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you, they, you can, they always put, not not every script, but they do put a lot of scripts. There's a lot of scripts now. You can, pretty yeah. much, you can get scripts for most most things. Go and have a look at some of the scripts of your favourite shows. Yeah. Some of them are quite surprisingly. Yeah. You don't. That yeah, and there's also there's always good interviews on writers' room, and also BAFTA Guru. If you don't, if anyone doesn't know about that, BAFTA Guru has loads of great interviews with people. You spend your whole life watching them, actually, yeah, but you yeah, do well, pick, up, pick yes. up some amazing, amazing stuff. Insight. Okay, Louise, thank you so much for that. It was incredible. <laughs>